Hi there everyone and welcome back to another episode of The Film Aspect, the show where a couple of Scotsmen talk all aspects of film. We are your hosts, Aaron and Brian, and you'd think that this show was purpose-built for this very episode. Zack Snyder's Justice League has finally arrived, pretty much announced, it was what, announced in our first month of running the show, and we've talked about it pretty much every step of the way since, and the messianic director's cut is finally here. The second coming of Christ. We are saved, Brian. Do you feel enlightened? Do you I feel do. like salvation is on your doorstep now? I do. <laughs> so, before we get into it, remember to give us a follow over on Twitter at The Film Aspect. Um, and I, that's it. We're going to get into it. We're going to jump straight into Justice League. Initial impressions, I or not, or more likely, film respect or film aspect. I'd probably say the film respect. Um, yeah, I'm I'm fully on on that kind of train. What are your thoughts on the Snyder side of the DCEU? Um, I think it's <laughs> required a big pause there. <laughs> See, I, I I don't know. I think my my opinion has been tainted because the the thought if somebody pushes in one direction so hard, naturally I tend to try and see you know. The other side of the coin so when people have been hailing Zack Snyder as you said as the messiah as the greatest thing to ever happen to comic book movies and the Justice League 2021 is the best thing that's ever been on any screen in the history of screens mm-hmm. I just tend to naturally go the other way and it, it kind of it, it dirties my opinion of what came before but I like Man of Steel I always like Batman vs Superman even though it got tons of shit the solid seven out of ten movies, and that's probably where mm-hmm. I see his his kind of filmography. It sits around mm-hmm. about a six or a seven. He's not the best director. He's good at practical like effects and action sequences, but that's pretty. He's just one of those guys. I'd say that's that's where the his his um, DCEU sits. It's kind of not as good as it should be. Mm-hmm. I am so. I'd say like out of the DCEU stuff. It's it's Zack Snyder's side to it that I am really invested in. Uh, yeah, we've said before. I think Wonder Woman was all right. Wonder Woman eighty four. It's kind of well was shit. Uh, Birds of Prey was okay. Suicide Squad was shit. Aquaman I did love. Can't lie and say that, but Aquaman is probably one of my favorites. But I I was saying this in a, in another podcast earlier this week. But like the the DCEU for me is good when it decides when it's confident in its execution, and with his flaws and it all, Zack Snyder is confident in what he does, and I think I just I just respect that when I see them when I see a thing go in a certain direction, you know, when. Super, when Man of Steel came out, I don't think Man of Steel was a particularly like special movie. I don't think it does anything new. It's kind of like you you get the kind of formula that they're going for, but it is from start to finish that is a cohesive. It's it's a kind of solidified in its in its style. Like they know exa- it came across as the kind of thing that they had every shot and scene storyboarded out. They knew exactly what they were going for, and that's exactly what you got on the screen because it just felt like a, a director's vision fulfilled and i think kind of the same goes for batman versus superman because i gen- not to, to amp it up 
to kind of high territories, but I don't really think you get blockbusters like Batman versus Superman because in many ways, I'm going to base it off of the ultimate cut because the ultimate cut is really the only way to watch the movie, I think, because the, it, it just omits, the original version omits parts of the story that leave holes in it. I think that's part of the reason why so many people were like, oh, well, that movie was a bit weird and a bit shit and it didn't really make sense, so why would I watch a three-hour version of it? That's like, that's because it was supposed to be a three-hour version, it should have been a three-hour version, and DC shat the bed and, and cut it back. And it has always kind of broken my heart a little after the reaction to Batman versus Superman that they then didn't just go... Well, no, we we have a vision. We're setting things up here. We've got Zack Snyder has a story to tell. We're going to keep going in this direction. But instead, they just backpedaled so much that I think it's completely it's left it in such a state. And then obviously, uh, kind of part of the 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 result of that was a terrible Suicide Squad movie, which was messed about with so much uh, in the in the post production process. And then of course, Justice League, Josh Whedon's Justice League was a mess of a movie do you did you see that in the cinema yeah i did what did you think of that one uh, no i wasn't a fan i, I mean I, I it was i thought it was all right it was like a generic action flick kinda origin story for some characters i see what they were trying to do but they just didn't really execute it as well as it should have been done but mm-hmm. i just i've got i've got i've got feelings on the whole thing i don't think and as a as a filmmaker you shouldn't have that level of control over an entire franchise. I think it was a mistake to put Zack Snyder in charge from the beginning. They should have did it like they did with, you know, if they had a success in the beginning that they were trying to make Man of Steel into Iron Man or hoping that's what it would be and you have him kind of lay the foundations for other people to come in and, and take their, kind of, take their, have their takes on the different characters, then fine. But see, to have, you know, Zack Snyder's DCEU or Zack Snyder's universe that's that's too much for one artistic vision and that's probably where suits at Warner Brothers and DC got cold feet because he's not the great director that he's touted to be and his filmography shows that and I think that has played a big part in them kind of pulling back in the whole the Snyderverse because there was nothing Man of Steel was a mild success. There was so much blowback from Batman versus Superman. To give him another chance to make a lukewarm film with, you know, a two hundred to two hundred and fifty million dollar budget might have just been too much for them. Like, nah, the risk's not worth the reward. So I see both sides of it and I just think that's too much too much creative freedom and too much creative power for one director to, to helm an entire universe. Yeah, I, I do get that. And I, but I think my why I lean towards it being that, like just being Zack Snyder, like the Snyderverse, like you were saying, is because where it feels like there's just a complete lack of direction in the DCEU. And, you know, going by MCU with Kevin Feige, who, who's like been the guy that's kind of overseen everything that's happening and having that kind of department. And I, I think there probably, there, there has to be a department there in the in DC that, are kind of outlining that stuff and I think that's why so many people turn to Zack Snyder because the, 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 whatever the publicity is behind it like I don't know who 
who is actually supposed to be heading up the DCEU. Whereas, like you say, who's doing MCU? I don't think John Favreau. I think Kevin Feige. And because DC doesn't have that name or that face to it, everyone just turns to Zack Snyder. And I think, I don't know. I, I think people like this the the style. I think visually, obviously, like he is a very like visual director. I think that's always been the case. And in as much as I love. Man of Steel, as much as I love Batman vs Superman, I do think there is a, a, an issue with like the, the the writing's never really there for me. Uh, I, like in general story sense, I like it because I think he is good at making a comic book movie. I think he he's does have a respect for you know what's come before, and and, and people really and he has a strong sense of what kind of style he wants that universe to go in. Um, so that that is that is cool for me. I just think there are bits where you hear, you know, someone say something, you kind of roll your eyes and go, oh, for fuck's sake. Like <laughs> that that happens quite a lot for me in these movies. But going into to Justice League, Zack Snyder's Justice League, do you think this is a better movie? Yeah. Did you like it more? <clears throat> yeah, I did. But did that's you... not that's not to say and I think I made this point last time, that's not to say I would have enjoyed it as much as I did had Joss Whedon's version not come out mm-hmm. for there to be that springboard and for there to be that comparison and I think a lot of people are getting held up on that see if this was yeah. just released as is again I think people have been ah oh, that's really cool but it's still not you know yeah what it should have been uh, it's kind of like is this a good movie or is it just better than the original yeah um I, yeah I think even my city like it's it makes it easier to enjoy this movie when you see those elements, you know, that the these like where the story was originally supposed to go, you just add in a tiny bit of motivation behind the villain. The villain is increased. Like the the the, the effectiveness of this villain is just so much better. Literally just there's more than just that to me, like Steppenwolf obviously. It's Te- Steppenwolf is one of the biggest improvements in this film. Who is the 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 villain from well, the villain in both, but I think just adding in one scene like that, I understand where the villain's coming from now, and that makes it better rather than just bad guy be bad, you know? Yeah. Like that that's a kind of piss poor piss poor excuse now, and I don't think we're really at a stage in movies where we, people can just accept that as much. I think you need to be able to get behind your villain in a way to make it just because they are just as much. You it's not you're not just there to see um you know the the goodies beat the baddies you want it to be a force enough that there's like i don't know there's consequences there's context behind it all and it just it just amplifies your experience even more uh do you, do you think i needed to be four hours long no no i think i said that to you yet the other day there is a, a fantastic there is a like a, a really amazing superhero movie three hour long superhero movie inside this four hour cut mm. i think a bunch of it's over long i a lot of people are you know very excited let's just say that about dark side's inclusion i don't think he needs to be in the film at all um i, I think i just uh, no, i disagree with that I, I i don't well he just showed up there's no there was no there's there's nothing for me to understand why he's such a powerful villain it's just this guy's a powerful villain well how much uh, cool it just did the exact same thing steppenwolf did but got beat by trying to come and have this war on earth so uh, like there's, there was no context to why he is 
you know, clearly they've set him up to try and be the Thanos of the DCEU. And I just, I, I didn't get it. I'm like, all right, cool, he's he's another bad guy. He's just, you know, Steppenwolf's boss sort of thing. It gives context to why Steppenwolf's, context why Steppenwolf's there. But again, I, I felt nothing for Darkseid. I felt nothing for, I didn't feel he was an imposing villain. I didn't feel he was this, you know, world conqueror or world destroyer. It was just another guy because I had nothing from previous movies to build him up. I think for me it, it kind of goes with part of the heartbreak of this movie is that obviously when they were making this and they say this was the original ver- you can you can say that at least three and a half hours of this movie were the original vision of the movie because epilogue is literally just epilogue is the only place where new stuff was filmed so looking at the, the step mo- uh, sorry dark side being in this 2017 when they're they're aiming to make this movie and that come out they're the fully intending for this not to be the end to be the continuation building up still going on to more justice league movies and superman movies and batman movies and you know all that kind of stuff and i think that's part of the problem i had with the the end stuff everything epilogue wise didn't need to be there because everything epilogue why is it setting up things that we know we're not going to see they were deliberately like cliffhanger like kind of bits where you're like oh well look at all these things that we're setting up but it's like we know now they're not setting it up I'd, and i can blame them for that i don't think i can blame them for like the inclusion of dark side because i think to build it up in a way that, that they were always intending it to eventually get there and someone was saying you have to kind of view this movie as if it was it's coming out in 2021 but what, everything in it was kind of tailor-made to be in the context of 2017 if you know what i mean yeah and like i was saying though with with, with steppenwolf and dark side i just really liked even even if you don't really see anything that dark side does i think by the reactions and the kind of the way that steppenwolf is in this gives you that kind of impression it's similar to the like you know we didn't know anything about how powerful thanos was until he turned up in infinity war yeah you know it, it like that it, it's kind of the similar thing you just have this thing where you go oh thanos is coming thanos is coming you're like oh you know who, See, who is this guy but they i think they jumped the shark with that by showing the the fight scene at the beginning see if you take dark side out of this altogether and just have the interactions with his you know his pal that steppenwolf's begging him to come back home see if you just mm. have them and you have the name dark side overhanging it builds this mystique and it builds this mythos that we've already like in the opening of the film, we've already seen him be defeated. So, like, yeah, it just it, it undercuts it so much. See if you don't. See if you take all of that out, and and just have Steppenwolf is working because he's in debt to this, you know, this galaxy destroyer, this galaxy conqueror, rather than go into the film where we already know Superman's going to beat him because he's been beaten before by less powerful beings than Superman. So I just I, I I didn't feel that because with Thanos you're right it's only the name it's only snippets and you're like holy shit what can this guy do but having already mm-hmm. seen the main bad of the universe be defeated I'm like uh, I'm out yeah, I, I can't I can, I can kind of get that I think what they did they kind of failed to do in a way is emphasize now how the, kind of like how the magic of the universe has really receded because the whole thing with Darkseid's defeat the thousand years prior is you take like the amazons and the men and the atlanteans and the gods 
and you put them all together in the Green Lanterns and you put them all together to defeat this guy because it's like, you know, he wasn't just beaten by nobody. He was beaten, like he, the fatal blow was delivered by Zeus and the God of War, you know? It's yeah. like, they, Who... they are mighty people to go down to. I think what they didn't really emphasize now is like, we don't have that power that we used to have. And although like Superman is good, big, maybe you needed a, a, something to show like a, a feat that would be on par with what Superman could do, yeah. you know, maybe to, and, and maybe that would be something that they would be building up to, you know, like a moment where you think, oh, Superman's gonna fuck him up, and I, then he, he he strikes a blow, and it's just like, alright, what are you doing, mate? Like, again, <laughs> like you've got all of these, all of these names, you've got all these Green Lanterns and your gods and Zeus and, and Hades and whoever, who've only been known by name. We're 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 supposed to bring in our our own ideology and expectations of what these characters' names are rather than what's already been built in the DCEU. Who's to say they have the same powers as what I think they've got from, you know, years of knowing these names? There's no context. You show, you show Green Lanterns, but we've got no idea because I don't think Ryan Reynolds' Green Lantern exists in this universe. We've got no idea no. what the power of the Green Lanterns are based outside of, you know, previous knowledge of what these guys can do. In the context of this movie, these are just mm -hmm. random names and people. Atlanteans, cool. We've never seen Atlanteans before. We're bringing that in from other experiences. And I just think mm. there's so much of this film based on what you already know outside of these characters in this particular universe mm -hmm. as as opposed to laying down the groundwork for all of these characters to have an impactful punch. Because honestly, that fight scene with the, the Amazons and the Atlanteans and the men and gods coming together could not give a fuck. It does not mean anything to me <laughs> for this story. It shows the main villain getting beat in the first half hour and then yeah. try to establish another villain who's not quite as powerful. Mm -hmm. But arguably, yeah. we have more powerful heroes. Not yeah. arguably, I'd say Superman probably is, is not probably, is the most powerful hero that mm -hmm. us ever seen. So that well, was my, my one one of my main issues with the film. I just, there's no, there's no context. It's all, all of that shit was fan service. And I get it as a fan service driven movie. But if you want me to hail it as one of the best comic book movies I've seen, it or or uh, it needs to stand in its own regard and not just be for fan service. Mm -hmm. the, speaking though, going on to the Superman, this is this is one of my immediate things where I was almost for the second it started, I was on board with this movie. Was the opening with Superman, uh, like as he's being killed by Darkseid. Oh no, sorry. Uh, uh, who was it? Doomsday. But what I really liked is it did kind of solidify this as a trilogy, along with Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman. Considering you get Batman versus Superman ends with, like, he has a really good way of like, you know, when uh, Man of Steel came out, one of the biggest complaints I saw about that movie was like they destroy a whole city. Where's the ramifications? Batman versus Superman starts, ramifications immediately established. That, you know, the perception of Superman is then suddenly twisted because it's like, this guy, maybe he saved us, but thousands are dead. You know, Batman then suddenly is, you know, got this guy in his sightline. And then to to kill Superman, I, I was saying this before, but Superman's death, I never really felt it in, in, in Batman versus Superman. I was kind of like, I'll see where it goes. Like, lean into it maybe but like it was very much a like i don't know about this and then to go immediately into justice league and start with him that like dying yeah the the, the 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 blast of his screams 
going across the entire world, it made such an impact for me where I was like, holy shit, like, this is a big deal that this guy has just died. You know, the whole world knows it. And then from the activation of the mother boxes, the fact that then it was like, the only thing keeping these guys back really is that now they didn't have a Kryptonian defending Earth. That now the mother boxes can call for their, their masters, basically. And that that was just, I just thought that was so, so cool how it linked it in like that. And then going on from building up from ju- just uh, from his death, the fact that it then takes essentially three hours before Superman comes back into it, I loved I loved it because the in the Justice League, the Justice League, it was two hours long, right? Two hour long movie. And that was apparently one of the things they were just like, this has to be two hours long. So, you know, you're supposed to be reeling for the fact that Superman's died, but, you know, barely an hour in, he's back. I never, ever felt like this guy didn't feel the impact of his loss. It was just kind of like, oh, well, Superman died, but we want to bring him back. So, oh, there he is. He's back now, you know? <laughs> Whereas, like, this to this kind of version where they, they let it kind of seep and it's two hours of just them doing their own thing, building up the league. And then when they finally get that mother box and then they make that realisation, they're talking about like turning the house to smoke and the smoke to the house and all this. And then they, it's Cyborg fighting to go like, is that, I'm not wanting to say it, but is everyone thinking the same thing? And then Cyborg does the wee, you know, the hologram of Superman. I get like, I'm getting goosebumps now <laughs> thinking about that. That gave me like proper chills where I was like, oh, like it was almost like I'd forgotten about Superman because it was just, I was kind of getting wrapped up in what they were doing that I forgot that it, they'd given it enough time that it almost slipped from my mind. I was never sitting there going, all right, aye, but when's Superman coming into it? I but what, right, right, aye, fair enough, but when's Superman coming back? And then when they finally were like, ah, we need to bring Superman back, like he is the key to this. That, ah, it brought it kind of full circle for me with Superman. I just love it. It had so much more impact. And, and I, I agree that the film didn't need to be as long as it was. I think most of that lays in the epilogue to me. And <laughs> Amelia watched this with me somehow because I actually watched this twice now. And the thing, <laughs> she was getting tired. She fell asleep for an hour. And it was kind of like she lined it up. So like Steppenwolf is talking to the, the sad or whoever it is through the block. And he's like, I've got one of the mother boxes. The, the parademons are flying. They, they smell it. You know, they have tracks of its scent. And then she woke up when he'd given the second uh mother box over and he's like oh yeah we're, we're still searching for the third but the parademons have it sent and then she's like wait have i missed anything <laughs> and then she's just like she said i was sleeping for an hour and it made no difference to how much i understood this movie <laughs> so i mean she she was not a fan of that but yeah i think i think there's probably bits in the beginning that you could tighten up a little bit uh for sure but um I just, I love the pacing of it and the way that when it finally came to Superman, it just had way bigger an impact uh, than what it did for me in, in the original version. And I just, for that, to have impact here, it kind of retroactively goes back through those movies and makes all of, like, you know, Superman's sacrifice or whatever at the end of Batman versus Superman. Now it feels like when I watch that movie again, I'll feel that a wee bit more than it, than, than it has, knowing the context of what is to come. Um, 
But who, what do you think is the biggest improvement in this movie over the original? It's just, well, I think I agree with the vast majority of Zack Snyder's minions and say the character of Cyborg is, is clearly, you know, everybody was saying, Cyborg's the heart of this movie. Cyborg's the heart of it. And it kind of is. You know, I mean, it kind of Sort is. of. I, I think that he's... Uh, the, that's what you hear all the time. Cyborg is the heart and soul of just Zack Snyder's Justice League. And I'm like, okay. Oh. <laughs> he, he, has, he has improved to the point that we can now actually recast him. And, yeah. <laughs> and our, our recasting couch. But <clears throat> yeah, do you think that was the kind of main point for you? I just think... It, it told a better story and I got a better understanding of where everybody was individually before they became the Justice League. I, I, I really felt uh, Bruce Wayne's kind of desperation to get a team together because they need somebody to defend Earth. Like he knows, it's like he knows the secret that nobody else does and nobody mm. believes him. He's like the crackpot conspiracy guy. Like, come on, please, <laughs> you have to believe me. But obviously, but I, I just, I just felt he was more desperate but he was also more in charge that seems like a bruce wayne batman who who is what he's supposed to be well because it's it's very difficult i think to compare it to joss whedon's version because it's just a support trying to be a fun action flick whereas this one's trying to tell a story so and they've basically ripped all the story elements out of it for the justice league mm-hmm. so it has it has a completely different film but I don't know. I don't know if the, I don't know if there's massive changes because you know it's it just the Justice League follows Zack Snyder's blueprint pretty much. So you're not going to get a drastically different movie. You're not going to get a drastically improved movie. You're just going to get more information that fills in more holes. So, ah, but I think that's key. And, and also, ju- the, the the Justice League had was filled with very very convenient exposition because clearly they were like right we're taking this out taking that out and then it was kind of like all right but if you take that out how do we explain this you know for example the mother boxes aren't really explained until you get that uh that flashback which i don't think comes till like closer to an hour into the movie so you know they're talking about these mother boxes and they're going for them and you're not really sure what what they're about whereas like the 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 justice league starts for one with the terrible like mobile phone footage right it, which is well, I say it's wild to me that you know this is your Avengers, the first Avengers, and you want to start it with some cheesy ass video monologue where it's like a little boy filming a bee stung Henry Cavill with his dodgy upper lip. It <laughs> whereas like this, it was like immediately from the get go, like I'm saying, Superman's dead. There's your premise. You know, what do we do now? And when when to set up the mother boxes at least, I, I don't know if you can entirely remember this i was having to kind of retroactively go back and look at some of this stuff because i could not be asked watching that movie again uh it starts with batman the the robber who's very like out the window you know sling it bag a bag of loot over his shoulder like kind of walking on the rooftop batman kind of hangs him over and he's like they can smell fear catches a parademon who's just papping about gotham and then it blows up, and when it blows up, it leaves a print of three boxes on the wall. He then, when he goes to see Aquaman in these little Scandinavian place or whatever it is, he's like, 
in this movie, he goes, I'll give you 25,000 if you tell me about Aquaman, basically. And he, but then in this, he goes, and I'll give you 30,000 if you tell me about those boxes, which are just drawn on the wall next to them. <laughs> so it's like, stuff like that is so stupid. It's so stupid. But uh, I just I just hated the elements like that. And I, I do think, I think all of those bits that you're trimming out are so important. It's kind of like I was saying with the Ultimate Edition. They're just, uh, maybe it's a longer ver- version. Maybe it's had more information. But to me, it makes that plot so much more like cohesive than, than what it was before. And the same goes for this because you're just kind of skipping through stuff like you're saying. You have one of the main Justice League characters in Cyborg. And you don't know shit about him, you know? It's like, oh, he's he's upset because he's a robot. He's got a box in his cupboard. And then he just kind of joins the Justice League. You don't really... Because, I mean, did he even show all that stuff about, like, what he could do? I can't really remember that so much. I don't think so. I, don't, like, I don't think so. All right, so you get, like, a better idea of what he can do, who he is. Although, like I I was saying in the the, the cast recasting coach. I I'm not, I wasn't convinced of his performance, uh, Ray Fisher's performance. To be honest, I don't think he really came across as a likable character. Like as uh, in that respect, failed as the heart and soul of Justice League. But I did I did enjoy the fact that they gave it more time. Um, do you think there's any one character that other than Cyborg then that that kind of improved the most from this? No, I don't think characters improved. I think they just showed them in like in more context. They just showed them in different situations. Um, everybody, like I don't think you can Im- improve the character. Like the, the, the character of Cyborg didn't improve. You just got more information about him. He was still the same I, as that, he was. I, I, I don't still, think that improves that, the character. I just I, like I think this. Uh, to have and my issue with this is uh, look, we've been doing this for the podcast now. We are kind of setting the success of Jack, Zack Snyder's Justice League in comparison to Joss Whedon's, and that's not what mm. the film's supposed to be. It should be able to stand on its own two feet. So mm. the characters were always going to be there. I don't. I think it just gives you more kind of background as to where they've been rather than who they are, and mm. that's not incredible writing. I just think it's holding this film on its own kind of merits. It's the characters, you know the characters. Uh, it's, it's Batman, it's Wonder Woman, it's you know the Flash. Who again was a little too, you know, nerdy guy finds powers, superhero comedic effects sort of thing. I mm. think they they did they did play well together. Um, there was there was nice mm. chemistry between everybody. But I just thought, looking at this film by itself, there was far too many sequences that were just fan service. Like I didn't need to see Ezra Miller. Or the Flash saving that girl from the, you know, the car crash mm. when he's applying for the job and the dog, whatever. I just, I don't understand how that makes, <laughs> it shows us he's fast, but we already know he's fast. His name's The Flash. You know what I mean? Save, there was a lot of, ah, just a lot of those stupid scenes that I didn't like, that didn't need to be there that were showing, you know, these people are superheroes. But mm. this is supposed to be the introduction to everybody apart from, well, Wonder Woman because she was in Batman vs Superman which again the whole bank heist scene I don't understand why we still need to we need to see that it just seems like mm-hmm. fan service and mm-hmm. holding this film on its own merits a lot of those scenes could have got cut for a tighter narrative a lot of the fucking eight different angles as I said to you of Lois Lane going to get coffee and then another eight angles of her walking up to the 
the the the statue of where Superman was, and then mm. the whole overlong process of let's shoot Clark meeting his mother again after he comes back to life, you know, from seven different angles. All oh, that shit, get rid of it because I don't need to see it because it doesn't add anything to the story. It's just fan service, and you can't make a successful film on fan service. So trim it. You think this film, the, the, this the, film, <laughs> Justice League, it should have been three hours maximum. And mm. cut out all the shit, cut out all the exposition, cut out all the, the, the overlong, cut out all the slow motion. I swear to God, there's a drinking game in there. Take a shot every time <laughs> something happens in slow motion and you'll be wrecked by the first 45 minutes. There was Another shot every time that Wonder Woman's new wailing theme comes on. <laughs> Aye. So I, there was a lot of stuff. I'd say I didn't like as much stuff about this film as I did. Didn't like most of it from a technical standpoint, but... You know, did like it because I get to see some of the characters flushed out. I just don't. I, I hate, and this is, this is me. I think I'm in the minority when I'm watching this film, based of its own merits and not like we said comparing it to mm. the Justice League. Because mm. everybody who I've seen reviewing this or saying stuff about it on social media is hailing this as you know, guys are saying this is the best comic book movie I've yeah. ever seen. Mm-hmm. I'll admit that you need to watch more comic book movies. <laughs> that I just having it and that that is where I stand on it. Have standing it on its own merits. It's seven and a half out of ten if I'm feeling generous. I I, I would give it I would give it like a three and a half stars for me, which I, I agree with that. Like I think amping this up is one of the best things to ever happen it, it, to, to superhero genre. It is a load of bullshit. I think it's good. It's enjoyable. It's better than a lot of the MCU films. Like if that if you're going to make the the closest comparison, but yeah, there's there's things that would change. There's 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 bits where it maybe goes a bit slower. There's elements of it that maybe could have been a bit better. But I do, I man, I, I do struggle to to kind of separate it from the like what what it was in Justice League and what it the Justice League and what it is now in Zack Snyder's version. I think. I think though part of that though is because it's too interesting a predicament to be in. Like, when do we ever get to see? When, when have we ever had this before? Where it's like, here's the cinematic version. Here's the the, the theatrical release. Here's what is essentially a director's cut, but unlike any director's cut we've ever seen before, because it is a different. Like, I'd say this is a different movie from what we had, and I think some of those. Like, I liked the bit where like Lois and and, and Martha. I never really noticed how long it was. There were bits that I did was like, right, come on, mate. Like, that is too... Like, for example, when Wonder Woman throws her suitcase into the the explosive suitcase into there and the slow motion holds for over 10 seconds or so. Bits like that. I'm like, slow motion can be cool, but, like, you have to know the exact right amount of time to use it. And and I think a lot of that is, like, down to the kind of... His feeling towards editing because editing, knowing when to cut, knowing when to to like hold certain things, is entirely instinctual. It's not something. There's not like a manual to how long exactly you're supposed to hold it. It's just a a matter of how you feel about it. And clearly, he's just like, hold it, man, just hold it, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and uh, like everybody else in the editing crew is pure sweating, like no. Um, but it's like the attack scene in Braveheart. He's got that play. I was going to say the bit in, uh, I, in the two towers with the old man <laughs> finally lets go. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think those bits, although you're saying like it's just more context, for me that is like, that is making it 
better because we get to see little I like the smaller moments that you got with some of the characters like there's a bit where uh you know Cyborg is talking about no sorry Aquaman's talking about Cyborg and he's like oh well we, we're doing all this and this is based on a guy that just lost his dad and then uh, Flash is like oh yeah well I thought he didn't care and then he just like he's like I didn't say that and I actually really like little moments like that yeah. same again with like Aquaman and, and Wonder Woman standing together when they were digging up the grave. I just really liked elements like that. And then to see the, the, the thing that, again, to compare it to Josh Whedon's version, is that he reshot some of these scenes. Like, these scenes are in the original movie, but reshot and redone in, a, in, in that kind of fun action kind of way, where it's like, it's just supposed to be kind of funny, oh, like, oh, Flash landed on Wonder Woman's boobs, huh? Yeah. You know, like, that that kind of stuff, but it's so weak in comparison, I think, whereas, like, I don't think Zack Snyder really does it for, like, just a cheap laugh at any point, although there are, like, I was, I was saying this before, but, like, I was really disappointed with the fact that they just couldn't help themselves, but do the whole... Wonder Woman and Batman touched the mouse at the same time because yeah. that was an element I was very glad to see disappear because they were really building this kind of romance in the original ver- in, in the Justice the the Whedon cut and I, I hated it I just it just felt so forced to me and I was glad to see that gone but then they had to put that wee bit in but um, for me one of the biggest things though is that when it came to the final fight it actually managed to with with the work they put in with with Steppenwolf because I think I said this before when when they revealed the picture of Steppenwolf's new design I was like that looks like shit that's just like (laughs) he's just a bit bigger he's just a bit spikier that's really all it is but they made him far more imposing to me even with scenes that were in the original version where it just seemed a bit weightier obviously they're doing this kind of half R rating kind of deal um and when it came to the final fight, it didn't just feel like, mate, Steppenwolf is really just holding them off. Yeah. It did kind of feel a bit more like they have to work together and it had some elements that were really cool. Also, Flash, they actually kind of established why he is such a powerful character because in the original version, he saves a Russian family. Like, he, he yeah, zooms away that little right. Russian family. And this, he literally saves the fucking world. <laughs> because they don't make it in time. And I loved... I mean, Superman's return was great, I thought. When he finally arrived and the axe slammed down on his shoulder and just done nothing. I hated that, that line. Oh. <laughs> not impressed. I was like, get <laughs> the fuck away from me. Get the fuck. When the fuck... <laughs> Has Superman ever said anything like that? I don't recall him ever saying anything like that in this in this cinematic universe. I hated it so much. It was such a it was such a Disney humor. It, honestly, it felt like something left over from the Joss Whedon cut, and I despised it. I cringed so hard. But um, no, I, and also the the like one of the scenes I had the biggest issue with that felt like Disney humour, like the Whedon cut was Alfred making tea or telling Diana, how, showing her how to make tea. And I'm like, this does not need to be here. This does nothing for the characters or the film. It's just there for a laugh. 
Ah, oh, but sometimes that that's that's saying though. Like I like little bits like that because it kind of fills out the characters for it. Because if every scene that the characters are in is just purely like action and building towards the story, like I think, I don't know. Like it, it just doesn't. You need the quieter wee moments like that, and I like it's kind of like a wee bit of respite, and you get to see what they're like in the in the downtime. See, I I like bits like that, and in, in these kind of movies, you know. That's that's and, this this fucking generation of trying to uh, humanize superheroes they're superheroes they're supposed to be on all the time they're not supposed nah. to be oh I'm making tea and doing my washing and doing all that shit no you're saving the world somebody's coming to destroy your world or conquer it they don't get time to make tea get out there and fucking fight somebody that's what i want to see in a superhero movie i'm sick of this shit oh but let's show the human side let's not let's show her being a fucking amazon goddess huh how about that <laughs> I'm just I'm sick of that that turn that superhero movies are making. I'm just I'm sorry, but I'm sick of it. They're superheroes, <laughs> right? I don't care if he's gone for a job to pet dogs. I don't care about any of that shit. He's there for a reason, and his reason for being there is stopping this guy called Steppenwolf from getting these mother boxes. That's it. I don't. The the only uh, things that they, you should but... show are, are stuff that back up who a character is. Everything to do with Arthur Curry bringing. That uh, that blocked-in village fish. Yes, everything to do with that. Absolutely, because that's who he is. Making tea with Alfred. No, that's not who either of you are. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, he's, I mean, as Alfred, because Alfred he's does to pet you know. dogs because he's a nice guy, right? Okay. To just have him be nice through his interactions with other people. I don't need all this shit. Cut it out. I'm telling you, three hours. I'll make a cut of the justice of Joss Whedon's Justice League that's going to be three hours max and you'll be like, give this guy a job in every single film in Hollywood. <laughs> and like, I don't want it. <laughs> but I also, you can see, I think you can see a mile away that they left it very late in the game to turn it from a four-part series into a, a, a four-hour film. I think it's cut like a miniseries in the edit with the beats. And I think you can tell pretty much, I mean, they did, they did a good job to cover it up, but you can, with the the chapters, but I think you can mm-hmm. tell where the kind of dramatic climax of every hour-long episode was coming. And I just, mm-hmm. that took me out of it a wee bit. Yeah, I think it. I think there's maybe potential that it could have worked if you, if you were to just split it into the parts that they had, but... I don't I don't know necessarily like I think it's maybe structured slightly like a television show if you're going like that, but I also don't know if it would be a good TV series, you know? And in, in the way in the way that it builds up, especially the way it works with the epilogue, which I, I, like what what did you think of the epilogue? I hated it. Hated every single second of it. Thought it was pointless, thought it was it was uh-huh. fan service, hated the Joker, hated the whole nightmare scene. Hated everything about every single thing that happened after that title card epilogue came up because it's no longer the film. It's just, oh, here's what could have been. Here's what we we were going to do. (laughs) Right? Cool. It makes no difference to anything whatsoever because they've said this film that we've just spent the last four hours isn't canon. So anything that you're trying to set up for the future is fucking pointless. It's just trying to force uh, DC and Warner Brothers into making your movie. It's just you spitting the dummy at. I just, I don't... I don't, I don't, I don't appreciate it. Um, putting that sort of stuff in because it's supposed to be a closed off thing. That's supposed to be you saying, right? My 
contract or whatever is done with DC. So here's what was supposed to be. Not here's now that all of this has happened, where I would like to go. Because you're not getting that opportunity. And I just, I, I, didn't, I didn't appreciate it from a fan's perspective. Yeah, I, I, I agree because it, it did seem a bit unfair to be like, they were essentially setting up all of these sequels that we know aren't coming. And I do think that is a bit of a shame. And, and and I think that kind of goes to the... It almost felt to me like a little bit of a hope. Because, you know, this guy's version of this movie has been willed into existence by fans clamouring for it, you know. And I think by putting this in being like, ah, look, look, this is what I was going to do, but they took it away from me. You know, fans are eventually going to go... Oh man, like no, we want to see Zack Snyder, the Snyder verse restored. We want to see it back to how it, it 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 was supposed to, how it was originally intended. And I think that is that was kind of my issue. Like obviously, obviously, when I watched the nightmare sequence, like I want to see that movie. I do. I would like. I can't deny that. I want to see a movie where Batman's working with his villain, like a ragtag bunch. We get Mera and 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 Deathstroke and and Joker and Cyborg and Flash, you know, like a weird team where it's like Aquaman's dead, Superman's evil. That's cool as fuck. Like, that's a, that's a good movie in the waiting, you know, that kind of injustice timeline or whatever. But I'd said this in the other thing, like maybe see if they release this as a kind of a wee 20-minute video on YouTube, you know, to be like, all right, here were kind of the, the intentions, the kind of work that we were doing leading towards here's a kind of thing as to round off sort of in a way like this is where the story was heading not as an official part of this movie i think yeah. maybe and and the same goes for the deathstroke post-credit scene which we did see in the original justice league the deathstroke post-credit scene with lex luther where he's like oh bruce wayne is batman mm, well, you're setting up a batman movie that is no longer happening like yeah. long before we knew anything about a justice league movie not happening i'm pretty sure and and I'd say I was saying this before that was kind of what I was my thing with Darkseid was like fair enough with them and teasing Darkseid because that was part of his version of the movie that's supposed to come out in 2017 however that post credit scene with Deathstroke could have been uh, cut out the Darkseid stuff uh, the nightmare sequence was made after the fact you know that was the reshoots so that stuff doesn't doesn't need to be in there same with Martian Manhunter um, and also, can we talk about how Martian Manhunter completely undermined one of the best scenes, like with Lois and and yeah. I, uh, and Martha? You know, they're having this really nice moment, and it's like, oh, it's not actually Martha. Are they ever going to address the fact that she goes, oh, "How did you know that I, I, I lost the house? I never told you. <laughs> you came over to my house that time. No. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, weird stuff like that. But yeah, it does seem a bit weird. Like he's he's kind of teasing things. I think there is part of them kind of hoping. On the idea that they're gonna that, that people are start gonna start asking for this to to be restored. Um, the I've got we've got a question here uh, from that KC guy on Twitter, uh, one of my mates, and he said, "Do you think Zack Snyder's Justice League can or could save the DCEU with the addition of characters foreshadowing such as Darkseid, Martian, Martian Manhunter storylines?" No. Nah, I, Dam damage has been done. Yeah, I think I think that is like what we we're just kind of saying there. Like it is, 
I just I can't see with the lack of confidence that DC has had. I kind of feel like they're at the verge of either just continuing on this, like we do little solo films where they're very lightly interconnected, but not really. We're not really building to anything. They're either on the verge of keep keeping to do that or starting from scratch. Um, and, but then again, I don't think I think if you were to start from scratch, the momentum stalled for the DCEU to because then you think you're like, mate, it's only been eight years since she started this. Yeah, you know, we've only got a handful of movies and we never even got any kind of cla- it wasn't like it's an incomplete franchise to me uh just the, the way that it, that it's been going even with the way that justice league the original justice league i never watched that movie and went oh man i'm like i'm i'm fine with never seeing these characters again i was like wait was that it i need more from this so i don't think that uh We've got another one, Sun- <laughs> Sunday Rain, which is the, the editor-in-chief over at Jump Cut Play. Uh, he said he is a huge fan of, of the, the Snyderverse. Gave this a five-star rating. He's seen it more than at least four times I last checked, which is insane considering it's a four-hour movie. Uh, couldn't be more thrilled to see Snyder's DCEU trilogy become whole again. Like his two films before them, Mammoth and Scale and Execution. And then let's forget about this, which was the 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 phone footage at the beginning of Justice League with a hashtag Restore the Snyderverse. Are you on board the Restore the Snyderverse train? I'm going to assume not. No. <laughs> I think I, I think the release of the Snyder Cut <clears throat> destroyed the Snyderverse because you can't have two different movies. You can't just say... It's like people want to retcon, you know, the sequel trilogy for Star Wars. You can't do that. Like, like it's been released. You can't they've just say... That, they, these they've done don't that with the Terminator, though. I am look fate. high. <laughs> well, look I mean, how that worked. But you can't. Yeah. You can't just. It do, it doesn't happen that way. As much as people want to live in these, you know, make believe worlds where we just, you know, believe hard enough and it will be the Snyderverse again. That's not how it works. Zack Snyder had to step away from the Justice League and they removed their film, which was canon to that universe. This is just for all. This is just a glorified fan film. Mm-hmm. That's I, what this is. I think as well when you're talking about general audiences going in to see something like if you were to go we're making a, a sequel to Zack Snyder's cut of this movie you're really you're going to have a lot of confused people that are just like you know even with this coming out they're like what is this a extended cut of the original movie like or is this you know and then when they if they eventually release the second Justice League movie and they're making it as a sequel to Zack Snyder's they're coming in they're like what the fuck who's this dark side guy yeah who are they catering to? Are they having to reintroduce Dark Side to people that have never seen him before? To the people that have only seen the Justice League twenty seventeen version? Yeah. Um, because let's it, face it, the general public. I don't care how many views HBO Max get. You know, Joe Blogs isn't he sitting down for a four hour comic book movie that's already been released? <laughs> it's, it's, it's fans of the genre. It's fans of the movement who are watching this film. Mm-hmm. I'll be very interested to see what the obviously we were talking about the critical reception uh, with the what was it Rotten Tomato in the seventies for the critics and the nineties for the fans yeah and <clears throat> this is one of those very toxic review based uh, journalists and stuff uh, such getting quite a lot of uh, uh, hate from you know very passionate members of the fan base because they've given it negative reviews or whatever. Um, Maybe maybe you'll finally get blasted in that comment section. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. 
<laughs> but um yeah i i, I it's a it's a kind of confusing one for me like i i really enjoy it i i get what you're talking about with a lot of these and it is confusing and it's disappointing to be like i here's all these things and this is clearly part of a story leading up to other things that we're never going to see that's disappointing i'm glad we got to see it though i i was always dying for the the justice league behind the scenes kind of stuff or like what how did they change it how did they decide what were the writing room moments where they go right how do we condense this to two hours and what does that mean we have to change story-wise that was stuff i was very interested in and this gives me insight into that you know here are the elements they trimmed away and here's what they replaced them with that always even as just a kind of exercise of how people can adapt or change and under pressure like morph a movie that's really interesting to me um i am up for a four-hour movie every now and again i love the epic scale of it i think I am on board for some of Snyder stuff. I never think they're like incredible movies or anything like that, but they interest me enough. I think he's an interesting director where I can, like I was saying, confidence. He has confidence in what he's doing and that kind of shines through for me. I just, I can, I, I respect that when somebody goes fully for a certain thing, whereas like other elements of the DCEU, like, you know, Birds of Prey was trying to go for this fourth wall breaking element, but never really leaned into it in a way that, say, like maybe Deadpool does. It didn't go hard enough for its style. It was always kind of half arsing it. Same with Suicide Squad. And, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad this exists, personally. I'm glad I got to see it uh, because it would have been one of those things that I would always just kind of bug me. Like, what would it have been? Yeah. Uh, and now, now we get to see. So is that is that you? you any lasting things to impart on the Justice League? Zack Snyder's the Justice League? I don't think so. I think the best thing that ever happened to his career was Joss Whedon taking over his movie. I don't think he was a household name until, you know, he had to step away and, and, and Justice League got released. And then all of a sudden everybody's touting him as this, you know, creative visionary, which mm. I don't think he is. Uh, it just so happens that he had a, a family tragedy and he had to step away from his movie which somebody else released because before that it wasn't Zack Snyder's DCEU it was Batman, it was Superman, it was the Justice League but it, it was yeah. the whole the whole movement after after the fact has turned him into this big mm-hmm. you know perceived creative visionary he's you know the best thing that's ever happened to comic book movies and I'm sure he's a nice guy. I feel as if I'm I'm not trying to, you know, come down on him too hard or come down on his talents or his success too hard. But this film, as I said, is pretty much just, uh, to me, a fan service movie. You know, a, a, a big budget fan film. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't care. About... What do you think of the aspect ratio, by the way? I don't mind it. Doesn't I, I, it really it, it, it kind of faded away after a wee bit for me and actually would that have been what the IMAX shot of that would have been uh yeah is that what the tall aspect is because essentially like if it wasn't IMAX it would have been the normal width, wide length but they would have just cut the top and bottom yeah but then to show the I kind of liked it to be honest I, I didn't really bother because sometimes maybe it's just mixing it up a little bit sometimes the black bars top and bottom are really kind of ripping it for me because it bugs me when you go like i've got a 55 inch telly and only this amount of it's getting used yeah um it depends how so, they use the how they use the the, the frame mm-hmm. but no I, I don't mind i watch stuff in 4 3 all the time mm-hmm. so does it doesn't bother me i just i don't i'm 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 getting i watched this film pretty you know unbiasedly just try to thingy uh, let it uh, exist in its own merits but it's the 
and I hate to to use the words the, the toxic fandom, but it's not <laughs> negatively. It's just so much. I don't care how this film's going to be. I'm saying it's the best thing ever because this is because I was part of the release the Snyder Cut um, movement, which I think is a lot of people are saying release the Iron Cut, release this cut, release that cut. I think that is horrible for the film industry. Absolutely yeah. terrible because I think now <clears throat> now you're going to get every you know two bit director. Well, I had I had studio interference in my film. This isn't exactly my cut of the movie. So you'll be asking for the Fincher cut for uh, exactly. Like you'll be asking for every fucking cut of everything, and I just movies need to exist, and you need to you need to stop being so political about them, and, uh, and you need to just just let them be. And uh, that's I, that because mm-hmm. there's studio interference with every film. No director gets complete creative control, and that's just how the industry works. Somebody gives you money to make a movie, you need to listen to what that person's going to say, and that's just how it is. And it's this this mentality of uh, oh ev- everybody needs to have everything and everybody needs to be you know listened to and ev- everybody needs to have their own cut released. I could not give a single fuck about a David Ayer cut of the Suicide Squad, not no. one. And I I couldn't give a fuck about any release of a movie because it's either all it's going to be is detrimental to the original cut of that film, whether it's better, whether it's worse. You now have two different stories uh, and two different interpretations and it just it muddies the water for director's cuts so many years after the fact and that the, I think the only reason this happened be- was because there was extenuating circumstances with Zack Snyder releasing his cut of the film because of the amount of reshoots because of the amount of rewrites and, and moving so much stuff around you don't get that with any other director because they yeah. saw the project <clears throat> through from start to finish and it's just it's a slap in the face. I, I I don't mean to be on the side of big business or you know the the Hollywood studio system, but it's a bit of a slap in the face to them. They've given you the opportunity, they've given you the money, they've given you the platform to make this thing. And if they want to tweak it, it's their they're right because it's mm. their property, and you don't get to spit the dummy all of a sudden because somebody else got the chance to make their vision that was released a film that was released that was not their vision. I th- yeah, I, I think when it comes to some of the studio stuff, though, that, that sometimes it becomes obvious that it's a very muddied version because they want it to apply to as many people as possible, which you get, obviously, money-wise. You want it to bring in as much as possible. But I think that is the kind of issue when it comes to, like, making the, why a lot of the kind of lower-budget indie scene is doing so well because the, the, it's less of a big financial burden on a studio. So, therefore, they can be like, you know what, this is the kind of story that we are going to make. Whereas, like, Justice League, they go, we need this to appeal to everyone. That's why Marvel works so well because it does appeal to everyone. It's not, like, the dark kind of, oh, very stylistic version that's, that Zack Snyder was going for. And... I think I can take this as an exception. I, I'm the same. I don't want there to be people going and asking for cuts of films that didn't work out all the time because I think it is a load of bollocks. But I can accept this as the kind of circumstance purely because Zack Snyder is a very, like, you can tell when you're watching one of his movies and it didn't feel like you were watching one of his movies when you watched The Whedon Cut because it was very obviously, like, going by, I don't know if everyone else notices these things, but I was seeing the shots that were reshot. I was like, his hair's different. He looks like he's gained a wee bit weight, wee bit more weight. That green screen's terrible. You know, all of these things where I'm like, it it was so obviously a Frankenstein of a of a movie yeah. to me that it, it just that was in the forefront of my mind when I was watching it. Whereas like, you know, a lot of other films, you'd be like, I don't think I've ever seen a movie that was quite like that. Suicide Squad was 
confusing, I think. I think there was bits in it where you could tell there'd been some messing about, but I really don't give I really don't give a fuck. And I even saw that uh, David Ayer himself like they they said like Warner Brothers have stated that definitively they are not doing an aircut of Suicide Squad, and then he put why not and a wee like sad face, yeah, or something because but, nobody yeah. wants to see it. That's why. Yeah. So I I don't think wasn't David Ayer the guy that done Bright? I don't know. I'm sure he did Fury though. Wasn't he the did Fury? Mm, oh, he could have been. Let me let me just say, yeah, Bright Two is coming out. Jesus, <laughs> focus on that, David. Are you? <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, he did Fury. Right, okay, I'll give him Fury. End of Watch, I've really liked as well. But Suicide Squad, Bright. I I don't know. I'm not saying that because the guy like I see him, like because I maybe enjoy Snyder movies more that I'm going to say. Snyder deserves it more but like I think Suicide Squad is is a kind of smaller kind of like the Guardians of the Galaxy for me like it's just like a kind of weird smaller site but then if you take your tentpole movie and fuck it up so disastrously like that is something that I think is is worth rectifying and I was it's not just that like nobody came in and finished David Ayer's movie for him he, yeah. he he worked on it start to finish. He didn't have to leave, you know, sort of halfway, three quarters of the way through. That's like somebody mm. saying, restore the Brian Singer cut of Bohemian Rhapsody. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want the Singer cut. Please, I'm going to start that movement. I will. No, um... Hi. So hopefully that doesn't kind of lead to too much of a thing, a thing like that. To briefly talk about it, what did you think of the the re- reangling of uh, Jared Leto's Joker? Fucking hated it. Did hated you like it, it a little better than his Suicide no, Squad version? Not even a wee bit. I thought <laughs> was, I just it, the the man is so pretentious he can't hide it, no matter how hard he tries to act. <laughs> I th- I think it. I was saying this to my mate. It was kind of like, I liked the conversation they were having. It was just his delivery and that, ah, ah, <laughs> ah, ah, and I was just like, oh, what is that? And it, it reminds me, <laughs> there's a video on YouTube of this guy dressed up as, the, like, painted as the Joker, as uh, Heath Ledger's the Joker, and it's like an old, like, early days YouTube video where someone walks in and he's like, hey, hey dude, what you, what, what you up to? And he's just like, oh, I'm just, I'm just, you know doing the Joker but he's kind of acting like him a little bit and he goes oh cool man can you do the laugh and then like he takes it way too seriously and it makes it will like shudder your core just how cringy it is <laughs> and it reminded me of that just some guy sitting in his house painting his face and be like ah, 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 oh. it was terrible it was really really bad um also I'm not sure how I feel about Batman swearing I didn't really like it nah it, it it didn't really feel like Batman where he's like, hey, mark my will, words, I will fucking kill you. And I was like, all right, Batman. I know, calm down. And Big Mira sitting on like, let the bastards come. <laughs> 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 uh, okay. Uh, nah. Also, was that like Barry Al or like the Flash with some PS2 graphics on his face? I've like, it was just, it, there was something weird going on there that I just didn't... <laughs> and also, who done the beards for Joe Magniello or whatever his name is? <laughs> Mate, it looked terrible. It, it it actually looked like a stuck-on beard that had then been spray-painted, like, white-grey. Well, didn't they? I feel like something. No, in fact, they did. They shot that in Zack Snyder's back garden. 
that's that's weirdly shot at um, no chance aye that's the thing that was the only new footage that got shot and I hated I, it was clearly it was very evident that they shot the Batman and Joker scenes with doubles that Ben Affleck and Jared Little were not in the same space together aye and I, uh-huh. I just I, I hated that I kept wishing thing. that they would like I, I was really wishing I was like can can you pull back a bit Aye. can you please pull back a bit <laughs> I just I wanted to see the, the situation because I, I said that to my mate as well when it was like when it pulls back and you see Batman stand up with the you know the fir- next to the car it looked it looked like something I could have done in a motion graphics class to be honest <laughs> but it was like oh we'll just put a wee bit of a, a, a Gaussian blur in the background just to you know it's vaguely apocalyptic behind them you know yeah. it just it and, and you can also see, I mean, you can't really blame the guy for this, but you can also see that Ben Affleck's face is aged a little. Like, he has lines going down his yeah. face now that he didn't have when they made that movie. Obviously, probably because he's, he's quite a bit thinner than he was. You could kind of see that as well when it did the Martian Manhunter scene. Yeah. I, I thought, anyway. But, um, no, Jared, no. like, J- <sighs> why? I just, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I just don't like him as a joker. I I, I no. didn't like all that that the entire conversation. To be honest with you, I didn't care that Batman no, was still I, upset that he, they killed Joker. I didn't like the whole philosophical Robin. pandering shite. Mm. I don't like that when it seems very forced. When we've never seen, I don't think it, we've it, seen Leto's Joker speak like that before. I didn't like how <laughs> Mira when when he says something about like, "Hi, hey, we just need to stick together." Because, like, Arthur's dead and she's raging. And then she just randomly turns and she's like, when have you ever lost it? And you're like, mate, you're talking about someone that's been a superhero for 20 plus years. <laughs> the, you, Arthur, is probably the first guy that has died in your life, you know? Like, <laughs> oh, know. Who, are you ta- who do you think you're talking to? But, um, <laughs> I, uh, no, that, that was... That was some bullshit and and some of those bits. But overall, are you sticking with your your respect angle? Yeah, I I liked enough of it. I think I liked slightly more of it. I I feel as if I was pretty negative on the whole thing. But I did enjoy it for the most part. It it, it didn't feel like four hours. I will say, Henry Cavill is Superman. The Uh, guy just is. Um, I liked how everyday... I also liked how the the um sorry the the Wonder Woman action scenes were far superior to yeah, any like... of the Wonder Woman movies. The way that that she moved, just everything was far superior. She was a much more believable character. I, I believed her more as Diana and as Wonder Woman in these films than I did in both you know Wonder Woman and nineteen eighty four. So I liked that. Ben Affleck's always going to be the best Batman. I don't care who who argues with me. I'll fight you about it. Um. I don't think he. I, I didn't like that they still kept him in a slightly lighter tone. They really they get rid of all of the jokes and stuff that they went right. for in, in the original, but like he still was a lighter version. And I think that's just a personal thing because I really loved how dark he was in, in Batman versus Superman. But uh, yeah, Henry Cavill's amazing. I, I'm the same. Fight scenes for Wonder Woman were far, uh, far, far better. Um, I liked that they established that Flash was like super powerful. I loved the the rewinding of time scene yeah i yeah. just i thought that was really fucking cool although i hated that he was just like dad look at me now you know i'm, I'm one of the best of the best that i was like you know see as soon as it happened and it blew up and he just he reached his hand out and time froze and then it started that music i was like 
fucking yes. Let's do it. I was I was buzzing, right? I was honestly like full body goosebumps. I'm ready for whatever's about to happen. And then it's just when he's like, Dad, and he starts doing that, and I was like, No, don't pull me out of it. I was really, really fighting to not get pulled out of it. Um, so I, I, I love those elements. I think for me, the the kind of show, the reason, although I can see a lot of its flaws, the reason that I fully like, I'm just like, I enjoyed this movie is because it made me feel things towards the end that the, the climax felt like a good, like, yes, you know, you're like jumping up and kind of seeing like Wonder Woman having a good crack at, at, at Steppenwolf and then when Superman turns up and then, you know, like Flash doing his thing, it felt very like superhero, like, getting to see them do the shit that they're supposed to be good at and i really i really like that and then i mean i gotta say i almost felt a little sad for steppenwolf see because he was like dark side's little bitch you know because he's like clearly like very intimidated by him and you know when he comes through the, the the monolith thing for the first time and he's like you know bowing down and all this and you're like you realize He's just, he's just really desperate to do this thing for this guy who then is so utterly dismissive of his death and then <laughs> that made me feel a little sad <laughs> but it was a far better send off to the, 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 the Justice League version was like they broke his axe and then he was like the parademons smell fear and then just took him away oh, for his chip. That's, that's terrible. I mean, it, it almost felt a little weird for Wonder Woman to just go full ham and like chop his head off but it was like a very like I'd still like that moment. Um, sim- similarly, with her first action scene where she fucking obliterated a man in front of a fool. Like, that felt so needless, considering she'd been like, bam, 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 you know, like, just hitting all these guys. And there's one guy left standing in front of her. She's got super speed, and she just clangs the whole building to smithereens. <laughs> that, I wasn't, I wasn't aye, so bad. Aye, on. that, 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 I forgot all about that. When she the guy starts shooting and she runs across the entire line of the kids I'm like, just <laughs> just go for him just take his gun out uh, it also bugs me the fact with this one guy sitting there taking his sweet fucking time to reload <laughs> his gun there's 40 plus people standing in front of him going oh no no charge him just charge him you know what I mean <laughs> I get that they're mainly school kids and I get that they're scared but come on um, oh. anyway yeah I, I still I still enjoyed I, I like this movie I was like, I have been feeling the urge to actually watch it for a third time, and I don't usually get like that, but there was something about the the, the climax of this movie. I think the last, once, you know, they, they realise that they're bringing Superman back from, like, the moment that they're bringing him back up to the end, like, prior to the epilogue, once they, they're, like, standing, I think that is pretty much, like, I'm kind of hesitant to say perfection, but, like, I su- like supremely enjoyed that whole sector of the movie, just because I think it, it had it's full of the 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 quips, it's full of the cool action moments. It made me feel some stuff. I thought it was just a really cool scenario. We're bringing Superman back and all that. So yeah, it's it was it was a re- big success for me to be honest. Although I know I'm still sitting there at three and a half, and I said this before in the other podcast I was on. Like, come to me in another day, it'll be a four star. Come to me in a, in a bad day, it'll be a three star. You know, yeah. it just it just kind of depends with me. Um, so, did you watch anything this week? No, nothing at all. Nothing at the all. The four-hour movie was enough. I watched. Oh no, I watched the um, the War for the Planet of the Apes. Finally, on four K. All right, finally, not as good as Dawn. Mm, I don't know. I I I, I like it a lot better because it's a lot more of a a character piece to season. Um, mm. I just I like that. I think the 
I just, I know I've probably said every time I mention I watch these films, but I cannot believe how good the CGI is in these fucking movies. I know, I know. I just, and the whole, it, the whole, I, I just, I love the conversation. See when they first meet Bad Ape, and he's talking right. about how his story and how, and oh, just all that stuff before Caesar gets captured. I just, I love that whole thing yeah, with him. Sorry, him and Maurice when they meet the wee girl, and just those those scenes together before the when, when they meet Bad Ape, and just that kind of that journey. I just, I, I just love it. Mm-hmm. Just love it. Yeah, see, see, the thing is, is like Bad Ape because obviously they're mixing the practical like with the jacket. Yeah, but it's the fact that they are mixing in live action like practical elements into a fully CGI character, and it doesn't look weird. I know. You know, because like, how many times have you had even even like when. You know, you have something like Rocket Raccoon in the Avengers movie. There's a bit where he, like, touches Paul Rudd's hair. Yeah. And he goes, like, oh, look at the little bunny or whatever. And he's doing that. And that, like, just... It doesn't really look like he's touched them. Whereas, like, have... Obviously, like, they physically had the jacket on. But just having the interaction between them, it just... It never looks like a fake thing next to a real thing. Which is, I'd imagine, incredibly hard to do. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, I would imagine so as well. Um, but yeah, I, I do, I do really love those movies, and it's like it's a very fitting end to. to I, I get a wee bit teary when old Caesar, like I just, yeah, it it was such a great like ending to to his character when you just think of like wh- what they've been through and where the trilogy is now, like how far it's come. Um, I thought I thought it was really great. Although I just I just didn't quite enjoy it as much as as Dawn. I think Dawn overall had like a bit of a better story, but I did like the whole him kind of finally questioning whether humans were worth it or not. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of been his thing. Um, I watched uh, The Trial of Chicago 7, which I told you earlier this week. Um, it, 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 I enjoyed it. I actually did enjoy it. I thought it was pretty decent. It is entirely forgettable, though. Like, it has all the hallmarks of those kind of films. It's like the dickhead of a judge, the, the kind of atrocious acts, and I know this is supposed to be, like, it's based on a, a, a true story, but it, for me... It, it, it kind of felt like one of those true story things where it was like, look what happened. Look at look at this stuff. And then they had like the kind of the, the, the bigger moments. And then, and then like hearing as well, like some of the real elements of like what had happened. So obviously one of the guys is supposed to be a pacifist and then like he strikes the guy in the end. Yeah. And then to find out though that, no, that guy didn't actually do that. So, you know, elements like that, I didn't like. I thought the, the judge was just kind of... I don't know, I felt like they maybe pushed a little too hard on how much of a dick he was, and that might have been entirely how much of a dick he was, but it was just kind of, I don't know. But um, it, it was still pretty decent. I don't think I quite felt the, you were saying about Eddie Redmayne being like a, a, a like dialing up the acting. I don't. I never quite got that as much. Um, but no, I still enjoyed it. It took me a long time to realise that that was uh, Jeremy Strong from The Gentleman see the uh, Sasha Baron Cohen's killing. oh right 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 that was the, the 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 guy do you remember him from the gentleman I don't think so he's the kind of he's the kind of camp guy that that that's like trying to buy the business off of Matthew McConaughey and he he's like you know they're all kind of muddling around with differently like the Chinese and the the uh the other guys oh. Oh, right, 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 right. Ah. But anyway, it took it took me so long to even realize it was him. He was completely gone in that role, and I, I just actually like for me, I was like, "All oh, right, well, this guy's actually pretty decent." Uh but yeah, it did feel a little run of the mill to me, like 
courtroom drama, but I still enjoyed it enough to, to watch the entire thing. I also watched the first episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. You watched that yet? No, I haven't. Um, it's a bit too early to really say anything on it, to be honest. Yeah. It's kind of, yeah, it's all right. But um, yeah, that's everything. That's uh, What are we doing next week? Do we know what we're doing next week? Um, next uh, week me... is, 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 uh, is it not Jim Cameron? It's not Jim Cameron or George Lucas. Wait a minute. But we've had some muddling about with dates and times and stuff. Uh, no. That's no. It's No, you know what it is? We could do that, actually, because the week after that is Godzilla vs. Kong. Right. Aye. Aye, that's what it was, because I was thinking that... Oh, no, actually. This comes out in the 26th and the... Oh, I don't know. I'm getting all muddled up anyway. Aye, so we can... We can some kind of Jim Cameron thing next week and then Godzilla the week after that. Aye. We'll let you know <laughs> when we figure out what's actually happening. But uh, yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, obviously, you can keep up to date on the show. Give us a follow over on Twitter at The Film Aspect. You can leave a review for us on Apple Podcasts as well and let your mates know that we are available on most streaming platforms. However, to those who did listen to us on SoundCloud, obviously this is going to be a nothing thing because this episode is not going to be out on SoundCloud, but we are no longer streaming on SoundCloud um so we'll be you know spotify apple podcasts google podcasts radio public or you know <laughs> whatever those other ones were but yeah we're available across a, a kind of many other different ones but yeah as always thanks for listening everyone and we'll see you next week <laughs>